Welcome to the Magic on the Inside podcast by the Sisters Enchanted, where we chat magic, hot topics, personal development, and good old-fashioned life. Brew up something delicious and sit with us for a spell. Welcome to this episode of the Magic on the Inside podcast. I'm Sarah, the head magic maker here at the Sisters Enchanted. And today we're doing something totally different. I'm chatting with Anna, my co-founder, and my husband, Kevin, is joining us. A few episodes ago, Anna's husband, Chad, came on. So we thought it would be really fun to have Kevin join us. So uh, sit back, listen in, and get to know, I don't know what you're going to get to know, but get to know something fun. <laughs> Hi, Anna. Hi, Sarah. Hey. My sister. Hello. Hi, Kevin. Hello. <laughs> I think we might have like a weird echo audio situation, but I feel like I say that every episode, so maybe it's just to be expected now. Maybe. Maybe. Well, um, so we chatted with Chad a few, like a couple months ago when you got married. And you and I were looking at birth charts recently, and we're gearing up for our free astrology class that we're teaching next week, July 14th. And we thought that it would be really fun to chat <laughs> with Kevin, because as you and I know, looking at astrology, Kevin and I have a lot of similarities, and we have like a few things that make it like, that are like an extra barrier to both of our our fiery light shining. And so I, we thought it would be really fun to look at our marriage birth chart and just get to chatting. So um, yeah, that's what we're doing here today. Sound good? Yes, I'm currently looking for birth charts. <laughs> In my clutter of a desk, I'm trying to be really quiet so people can't hear my shuffling of papers. It's fine. Well, I guess, um, well, when I talked to Chad and you, I led the conversation. Do you want to ask anything of Kevin and I, or should I just talk to Kevin while you find your um, thing? You can talk to Kevin for a minute while I'm looking for my papers, because they're usually right here in the stack, and they are hiding. <laughs> okay, well, I texted you Kevin's birth chart, so you have that on your phone. Um, yeah. Okay, you find the papers. So, Kevin. Hello. <laughs> um, so, Kevin and I have been married for eight years. And we've been together for 11 years and we've known each other for like 17 years, I think. There, sounds about right. Thereabouts. It's a lot of years. It is. It is indeed. <laughs> when you met me all those years ago, did you think that you would be married to a full-time witch one day? Never crossed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Because we live a very, Kevin and I live a very non-traditional lifestyle. Um, Kevin, he still does some work on like side jobs and things. He was a carpenter and then a general contractor doing home remodeling. And now that I work full-time with the Sisters Enchanted and I own and operate this, Kevin is able to just do side jobs and odds and ends when he wants to. So we're both home a lot. Um, we homeschool and we definitely live a life that's different from everybody else we know. Would you agree? That is true. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Do you think that when you tell your friends or your family, um, like about just life in general or what we're up to, do you think people are like, think it's weird? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely think it's weird or 
don't know whether they look at me and think I'm lazy or <laughs> or something. They definitely think something. <laughs> yeah, I would say that I, I could read minds sometimes. That one of the things that we probably come up to frequently is that we don't fulfill typical gender roles in a marriage, like when it comes to money and work, right? Like I'm like we're both home all the time and I'm really blessed that like everybody at the Sisters Enchanted works part-time. It's one of the things. I mean, granted we do have some weeks where we're like like all like we're all hands on deck for like nonstop but um we it's one of the values I really hold dear is that I don't think people should have to work over 30 hours a week here uh and that we can all excel in that time frame so Kevin and I I do think we appear both of us to be extremely lazy to the people like our neighbors in particular must be like what do these people even do with themselves yeah, that's definitely true. Because <laughs> we're always home. Our cars <laughs> are always here. And it's like very common for us to be outside with the kids and hanging around our yard. And people are probably like, how do they even afford to be there? And then in terms of you not working full time, I think that one of the questions of when we see friends for the first time in a long time, their first thing they tend to ask, like they like they like kind of like drill you a little bit. Be like, so you're not working? you like what are you doing yeah pretty much well I think I think people think that you know when you tell people you're not working they think you're just like sitting home on the couch watching tv yeah and that is definitely not true well that's what I mean about that two small kids yeah the gender norms things I think they assume that like you're not doing anything right but um you know you are we both are all the time <laughs> It's yeah, like a, too much at most times. A, a million things to do around here. Do you think people think it's, well, do, actually, like, we have a very small circle of friends and family, which might be something that surprises people, but we yeah. have a very small circle of people that we actually, like, Anna's pointing to herself. Anna's in our small circle. So basically, everybody listening to this knows my entire small circle. It's Anna and my mom. <laughs> That's my small circle. Um but I do think that like with the rise of the Sisters Enchanted, it did become kind of a weird thing with friends and family because people don't, yeah, people don't understand true. that I teach classes online to begin with. And then they, yeah, I think people poke around a little bit. They go on the internet and <laughs> do their own investigating and come up with their own assumptions or everyone's got an opinion. Hey, that's exactly right. Yeah. But I guess eight years later, we're still going strong. No, even if we have a small circle of friends and family and people think we're the weirdest ever. That's true. <laughs> so Kevin's a man of little words. He was, <laughs> he was hesitant. He was resistant to this podcast. I like forced him in here. <laughs> and I was wondering if you're going to get more than like his, hey, in the beginning, like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> you, got a, you got a hello. Yeah. I <laughs> okay. So Anna has found her items, I think. I, th I had to run through the house. Hopefully you didn't hear me like running. <laughs> no, no, I could see you because we're doing this on video and nobody else will Is know this that my running. birth chart we were No, she has yours. Oh. I sent I just texted it to her. Okay. But she needed to get mine and our marriage birth chart. Which oh. You've never even heard about that before. I know nothing about this now. Get excited. I'm so excited. So what do you want to start with, Anna, as the astrologer here? Um, um. What I'm going to start it with is that this is a very um, playful exchange of birth chart reading. Typically, when reading a birth chart, you would take a lot more time to like sit and look at it and like cross reference. Um, but as Sisters Enchanted style, we are 
fly by the seat of our pant witches. So know that I'm also reading Sarah and Kevin's charts for fun and that this is like a social experiment. It is. Um, yeah, do you want, should you think we should do like an rundown of yeah. Kevin and I separate first? And then, yes. um, well, people will probably have questions about what is a marriage birth chart. So you should probably just explain how you can pull a birth chart for like anything also. Yeah, so I have Sarah's birth chart in front of me, and I have a very small image of Kevin's birth chart in front of me. So, and so our traditional birth chart, as we know, is typing in, um, and I have like software to do, to do this, but you can find it for free online where you have somebody's birth date, time, and place. Um, and that gives you a birth chart, which is like a blueprint of the sky when that person was born. Um, and when using the time, date, and place that a marriage took place, you can take a snapshot of the sky when that marriage happened. And then you can look into that chart and see where the two people that got married, that came together, um, where they show up in the chart. So for instance, like Sarah is a Sagittarius, so I can look at their marriage chart as a combined union and like as a group picture, but I can also like look at like where there's really strong Sagittarius energy and see like what Sarah may be bringing to that independently or, um, you know, Kevin's energy independently. Uh, like I said, this is, um, it's going to be probably a lot at once. So we'll try to be as, like I said, social in our exchange as possible about what is happening here. Yeah. And remember, we do have the free class on Tuesday, July 14th. And if you are in the future, 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 future <laughs> listening to this, um, I'm sure we have it available somewhere. So you can always reach out and we'll get that to you if it's not with the show notes. Yes. I was going to say, I know Kevin's an Aries. And then I was afraid to say that Kevin's an Aries. He's he an Aries. <laughs> oh, he is an Aries. <laughs> I know he's an Aries, but... I, I just had this conversation with Sarah the other day that I'm afraid to say things out loud until I cross-reference my statement. <laughs> I'm going to like double check before I commit to saying something. Oh, he's an Aries. We're both Aquarius moons. Yes. And I'm a Cancer rising and he's a Capricorn rising. Yes. You, uh, Kevin, you and Jacob are Capricorn risings. So. Okay. There are some things like personality traits that Kevin okay. and Jacob, Jacob's my son, that they may share. Um, <laughs> okay, so as Sarah said, Sarah is a Cancer rising and she's a Sagittarius sun in Aquarius moon. Um, so in general, Sarah is um, adventurous, she's fiery, she's motivated, she's um, got direction, she's, you know, what was I, I can't think of the word I was going to say. Sarah is like constantly being like hit by like touchdowns of like ideas. Sarah's always being drawn to do new things. Um, but Sarah's also, because she's a Cancer rising, she is very, can be very emotional. She has ebbs and flows of letting people's emotions overwhelm her or overtake her. I see Kevin's face. Kevin's <laughs> like, that's not news. Social <laughs> experiment. Kevin's like, never heard anything Waiting for more, the part that I don't know. <laughs> more accurate in my life. I, 
I'm going to have to bring like a bottle of wine over and a treat no. afterward. <laughs> Make peace with Kevin. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Sarah, cancer is associated a lot with the moon. And we know that the moon ebbs and flows and it's always changing, always going through cycles. And um, that's kind of what like a cancer ascendant will be like. So there might be days that Sarah is very aware of her emotions um, or very forthcoming with them. And there are other days that Sarah may retreat and, um, and recede. And, you know, when you have the idea of cancer, you have that imagery of the crab. Um, in my head, I kind of see cancer more like a hermit crab because they're always like withdrawing and going in or leaving what they're comfortable in to find something new that comforts them. So they don't get like overwhelmed by the small amount of space that they have. They always need to like have more space for their emotions um, to maintain them. So Sarah is a go-getter, she's focused, she's motivated, but also can be tripped up by her emotions sometimes. And then her moons in Capric are in um, Aquarius and the Aquarius moon, um, your moon sign is how you deal with your emotions. And Aquarius gets that kind of bad rap of having like really big ideas of what the right thing to do is. Um, and then they like to tell people these ideas uh, but then they don't leave room for other people's ideas sometimes because they believe it so much. The funny thing about Sarah and Kevin, though, is that Kevin is also an Aquarius moon. So, so you're looking yeah. at me like, yeah, that's Sarah. That's you, too. <laughs> that's you. That's not me. So we're going we're gonna to backtrack on Kevin. We're going to talk backwards about Kevin. Um, so Kevin is also an Aquarius moon. So that same trait for Sarah also goes to Kevin. Um, and so when Kevin has an idea that supports his emotions and he's like, Sarah, not that this is a conversation that Sarah and Kevin have, but let's pretend they were having like an emotionally open conversation. And Kevin was like, Sarah, to emotionally thrive, I have this idea that this is how our day to day should be. And Kevin will really believe that idea because his Aquarius moon tells him that his intellect, his intuition, the research he's done tells him that his idea of how he, he needs to emotionally care for is right now. And it's really good that he would be sharing the information with Sarah. But then you have Sarah on the other side that has an Aquarius moon who has a different set of ideas and a different notion and a different set of, I researched this and that. And because they're both Aquarius moons, they both have these big ideas and explain things about how they want them or how they see things, how they perceive their emotions are being handled, that they have this hard time meeting in the middle on the middle ground because they never agree with each other. Because yeah. their Aquarius moon doesn't leave space to have that like empathetic draw in. And that's where Sarah's like cancer rising will come in and she'll get emotional because like she might feel like Kevin's not hearing her. Right? And Kevin's the Capricorn is, rising. Yes, and Kevin's a Capricorn rising, so I'm, I'm going to go back into Kevin. I keep looking at this chart. This is not Kevin. This is Kevin. Um, and Kevin is a Capricorn rising, and the Capricorn is the slow and steady wins the race. You know, they're, they tend to feel like they're working very hard and achieving no goal until they achieve said goal. And usually that goal doesn't feel achieved till much later in their life. So the, the Capricorn energy is they almost get more youthful as they get older, as they realize that life's not as hard as they think it is. And then when they get to like their later years in life, they're like, oh, I made it. Like, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> it's like the time we climbed Mount Washington and we were like, this is treachery. But when we got that back down and we got back in the truck and we were driving back, we were like, oh, we can do that again. Yeah. Yeah. I like, wasn't so terrible <laughs> after all. I totally forgot about the 60 mile an hour winds and right. the ice. <laughs> And, and no pants, Sarah. Yeah, <laughs> no pants. 
So Kevin's a Capricorn rising and this Capricorn also gives a level of sternness um, that like an out overlying like level of, of authority. Authority, that's the word I was CEO for. of the birth chart. Yes. And um, so when Sarah gets emotional, Kevin outwardly might get stern because he doesn't understand where that's coming from. Not only that, but Kevin's, like we said, his moon's in Aquarius and then he's in Aries. So Aries tends to be one of those signs that gets that bad rap because when we think of Aries, we think of this like destruction that kind of happens sometimes that comes with Aries. So we have this idea of the Greek, he's, he's, Aries is ruled by Mars, the Greek god of war. So Aries wants to come in and touch down and be like, ah, I am here to win. So when Sarah and Kevin talk, like have an emotional, right? <laughs> I am, I am god of war. So when Sarah and Kevin have an emotional detachment because their moons aren't finding common ground, um, Sarah will get emotional. Kevin, because her rising's in cancer, at then at that point will have this level of authority, like he needs to like, what were, like what, like this, like he might be like this, I don't understand, because Capricorns also tend to be very unemotional. And so when Sarah goes outwardly emotional, Kevin gets outwardly rigid. Okay, and then Sarah wants to run away because she's a Sagittarius and she wants to get outside and run and pull trees down. And then Kevin, because he's an Aries, wants to defend himself. So they have an emotional disconnect and then they meet totally different. So, so they're rising signs. So Sarah's rising signs in Cancer and Kevin's is in Capricorn. These are like opposite like comfort levels of outward emotions happening on the rising sign here. So Kevin gets very, when confronted with emotion, Kevin gets very stern. He gets like his principal suit on and he's like, no emotions here. And Sarah's like, emotions. And Kevin's like, no emotions here. And then where Kevin wants to stand and defend himself, Sarah wants to run away. Sarah wants to yell some, some not niceties and run away. And then Kevin wants to stay in his place and yell things. Well, at Sarah as she runs away, and it irritates him because she's also running at the same time that he's trying to be defensive. So, <laughs> so, we yell at each other, but that is an accurate depiction of what happens, where I'm just like, no, you're the worst, and then I'm like, leave the room in a very dramatic <laughs> Get out quick so you can have the last last word <laughs> that's also very aquarian in nature too because i bet like sarah runs and tries to get on the last word as kevin is like trying to get his last word in also but is stumbling on it because his capricorn rising wants to like have it be so right you know that like he probably like misses it and like stutters on it as sarah slams the door and he's probably like and he gets like then he kind of probably gets irritated and then Passive, passive aggressive, I would say, is a, a very Aries trait that if they're not being heard, an Aries could get very passive aggressive. Um, do you feel so enlightened, Kevin? Yeah. yeah. That's like yeah. us. But we actually do get along really weirdly well. Well, the, the thing about, <laughs> now let's, let's deviate into like your, your, um, your marriage chart. Because yeah. I, again, I haven't looked at this since I pulled it up, but I recall that there is something about Sarah and Kevin's weird camaraderie. That, you sent like, me a flurry of text messages the day you pulled that chart, a yeah. flurry. And then you were like, I can't even text this. I need to FaceTime you. Yeah. 
so so yes so then we have the 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 union so we know sarah and kevin now in a nutshell um and sarah can do this to me one day if she wants to if she feels like this is too much <laughs> we can, we can, we can, kevin and i it's so true though we both like to have the last word we're both very independent and anybody who listens to me talk at the sisters enchanted whenever i talk about kevin or i talk about marriage or i talk about astrology i always say that astrology has been such a helpful tool for me to understand just our communication style because we both are always going to want to be right and um in terms of us both being fire signs with our sun sign we both want to be seen we both want to be heard and we're both going to light this house on fire if the other one doesn't start listening um and then that rising sign being opposite like that's your view of the world it's literally how you move through space and ours are opposite so it makes so much sense that that we communicate in the way we do, but I think it's actually really helped me to say like, this isn't worth arguing about, you know, because we just see it differently. Neither one of us is wrong. I mean, I'm right all the time. I tell you that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I thought you were just declaring that you're right all the time. I was like, this is very Aquarian in nature. So yeah, I'm so, declaring when, that. so when, <laughs> as an outsider who's very much inside Sarah and Kevin's life, as to, to Sarah's Sarah's delight and Kevin's sometimes dismay. Um, if you guys are like sick of Sarah and I on like social media world together and if our like sisterness like sometimes is just like disgusting and it's level of like cuteness, Kevin is like so sick of us for <laughs> Because like before they got married and stuff like Sarah and I lived together, like when they first started dating, Sarah and I were living and together. And you lived with Kevin and I after we got married. Yeah. So there are like some like, yeah. So Kevin is like very aware of Sarah and I. <laughs> In our very strangeness um for kevin and uh so looking at like the the union of sarah and kevin the union the union, sarah, the union. um sarah and kevin's birth chart together for their marriage is a gemini okay and it it falls in the house of death and other people's money so is what um is what happens with that idea with with me and looking at their their chart together um it's kind of like pulling a tarot card and you pull like the tower or the death card and you're like oh doom and gloom but there's other ways to look at this you know um the fact that it talks about you know other people's money and like things being left behind and that it's in gemini to me speaks very much that sarah and kevin both come into the marriage with different kinds of other people's money if that makes sense so we know um I'm, i mean obviously i don't want to share much about kevin but kevin has you know experienced some things and he does have some things that were left to him from family whereas sarah doesn't have that happening per se but sarah works in a world where she has lots of people that you know, invest in her, her business and what she believes in and what she, she works for. So they both have this way of bringing in um, money into the marriage and it's in Gemini. And what's interesting about Gemini is that it's the sign of the twins here. And Gemini, again, is one of those signs that's very like, it, it, this is like the epitome of a sign of duality that a Gemini is always quick changing what they're thinking and what what their opinion is and how they see things and in a marriage chart and i read charts a little bit like on the intuitive edge 
I guess would be free, like fair to say. Um, when I see Gemini there, I see like Sarah and Kevin with their like backs to each other a little bit because Gemini often disagrees with itself. And in a union, you could see that in their sun being there, that they're both bringing something to the union. But to me, it's like, uh, it's, it, they're doing it together, but it's almost again, like that Gemini, like again, like I think this way, I think this way, I think this way, I think this way. And it's always changing. I don't know if that makes sense there. If you have feedback to say that. Yeah. Kevin, I don't know anybody who's more abundant than Kevin is. He is, he just blinks his eye and he manifests something. And he doesn't worry about anything. Bugs me. Your, <laughs> la your ability to not worry about anything gets me to no end. I mean, I don't know. I think sometimes well, you, do you worry over about worry things. about things. You worry about I our, over worry like, about our kids. Yeah, our like kids' safety. safety. <laughs> Kevin worries about our kids' safety like nobody I know. But I worry about the day-to-day -day things like how are we going to pay the bills? What are we going to do with our future? What's our savings account? Blah, 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 blah. And Kevin's like, that's a ridiculous thing to worry about because everything always works out. And I'm like, no, it never works out unless you make it work out. Thus, we must worry. And... <laughs> And he doesn't wear it. But then at a playground, though, I'm the one who's like, no, let the kids scale the, the you know, 20 foot high ladder with his flip flops on and he's only three. And Kevin's like, he's going to break a bone. <laughs> Which is funny because Kevin's um, ability to be a little bit lax is the same trait that I have that also irritates Sarah. <laughs> yes, you guys, and you're just floating through life. I don't understand it, both of you. I'm pointing at both of you right now. You and you're just like, ooh, things just work out. They do. It freaking bugs me. I'm having a rant. I'm worried because I know they'll work out. <laughs> My gosh, I am such a worry. Well, I'm, uh, I don't, I'm not a no, I'm like, a. I need, to, I don't, I don't want to say I worry, but I need to know what's going to happen. I don't like not knowing what's going to happen. And the two of you are just like, why do I need to know what's going to happen? Because it's going to be fine. I'm so waiting. For the your best. I'm so Let's sick of you guys right now. Yeah. Like, I am so sick of both of you. You and your, <laughs> you and your laissez-faire, it's all going to work out just fine attitudes. It's fine. I love you both. Okay. For now. With that being said, I will point out, and this is, again, I haven't looked at Sarah and Kevin's chart in a while, so this is me just, like, sharing um, on the fly, but they also have Mercury in that eighth house as well at a zero degree, which is kind of like a hidden feature in Cancer, so I will just tell you guys, not that this will ever be taken to heart, but that it actually might be really important for you guys to find a way to talk about finances that's really supportive of each other on an emotional level. <laughs> and it's gonna be really hard because you're not gonna wanna do it. <laughs> sounds deep. Sounds deep, yeah. Sounds Kevin deep. and I are like the least snuggly, emotional people I know. <laughs> I know whenever Sarah like puts her head on Kevin's shoulder like when we're out like on vacation together and Sarah will put her head on Kevin for a second, I'm always like, <gasps> contact. She has made contact. And I like look around for reaction in the room. <laughs> I think Kevin feels that same way too. <laughs> Kevin gets a little taller in those moments. Kevin's Aries is, is fanned in those moments. And he's like, yeah. He's <laughs> and gets a little bit taller. Um, it's all right. <laughs> um, so 
I did want to say what's really also interesting about Sarah and Kevin's uh, marriage chart is that their south node is something that you're not supposed to really invest in in this life. If you believe in lives or or purposes in the time that you're here, the south node indicates something that is not your focus right now. And what's really interested about interesting about Sarah and Kevin's chart is that their south node is in their seventh house, which is in the house of contractual relationships, like marriages. And that means that the place that they're supposed to focus on the most is in their first house, which is in their individual being, like who they are as an independent person. And I will say, knowing Sarah and Kevin, that they both do have a great level of independence. Um, you would probably most, you would just as likely see Sarah getting in a car and driving out on an adventure as you would see Kevin getting in a car and driving on an adventure, except Kevin's going to go like, Sarah's really good at like short-term adventures and Kevin <laughs> and his Capricorn Rising are really good at long-term adventures. Like Kevin's endurance for like long driving is very impressive. <laughs> um, but they both have this <laughs> Yes. So their independence is driven by this Sagittarius nature. So I would say that Sarah probably sometimes trumps Kevin in her ability to step into her independence because it's, a, it's a, in Sagittarius, which in looking at this, we see Sarah reflected in because that's her sun sign. Um, what's really interesting is that their first house of, you know, their independence, and again, we're looking at this together. So we're looking at like their independence. So there's still independent entities in the union. Um, that first house is Scorpio and is ever changing. And so there's always going to be different ideas of what Kevin believes his independence is or what Sarah believes her independence is. And what's happening here too is that they do have an asteroid in here, which is Juno, which is the, the wounded lover. And really, if Sarah doesn't get her independence and Kevin doesn't get his independence, they feel like the other one is wounding them. And it's actually more important for them to thrive independently than together. Like there, there's a weird, because I'm going to go back to their seventh house. There's a weird comfort in Sarah and Kevin's unity, but they thrive independently. So at the end of the day, they really find comfort in the fact that they know the other person is physically in their lives, but they thrive being separate. Does that make sense? I think that that makes a lot of sense because Kevin, you love to do like your things that you love to do and you actually don't like, not that you don't like me being with you, but we just have like when I go with you on out on a Friday night, you have the things you like to do. And if I'm there with you, then the whole thing changes and it's not exactly what you like to do. So it's not like the fun, relaxing thing that normally is for you. It's still fun, but it's a different kind of fun where you go out on Friday for like a very specific purpose, you know? And then me, like I'm really recharged by going to get a cup of coffee by myself or going to Anna's house or getting out of this house. <laughs> no person near me. <laughs> and the same as you, like we both need to be able, it's so, it is interesting. Cause like, I look at like Anna, you and Chad, and you guys want, like, just today we we're going to go for a walk. And you're like, well, we need to wait till Chad gets out of work so Chad can come too. And meanwhile, I'm just like, that's ridiculous. Blah, blah, blah. We're going to go for a walk right now. But Kevin and I, we both thrive when we have that time to go do the thing it is that we like to do. Right. Like, there's things we like to do together, but we also like to do things apart. Yes. So I will say, say something. No, I just I think everybody needs their own space sometimes. It's a good thing. Yeah. Well, no, I think you and I in particular, like we, right. we do do our own yeah. separate yeah, I agree. things. Well, some people are reliant on each other 
you know, like for instance, like you were saying, we should wait for Chad. And I usually do go out, you know, because I do have a level of independence myself. Like I want to get out and go. Um, but then I also know that Chad likes the whole family camaraderie. So like sometimes I try to make space knowing that that makes him feel good. That the interesting thing, again, like I was saying is that, so you guys are a Gemini marriage together, which means that communication is really key and can continuing to communicate, even though it's hard. And especially with that eight, with it being in that eighth house, it can be exceedingly hard because it's like a deep house, you know, that's originally ruled by Scorpio. Like there's like a nitty gritty that needs to happen there. And if you guys like aren't willing to communicate on a level that like really gets to each other sometimes, then you guys might find that you guys aren't connecting as much. So like Sarah and Kevin would benefit from like every six months having like one really raw talk. It probably won't happen, but that would be something that (laughs) would be really good for them. And that their marriage is a Scorpio rising. So they will want things to change. They will want things again to be really, this is the weird thing about Sarah and Kevin is that they're, they're outwardly, they probably seek a little bit of intimacy from one another, but the kicker about their relationship is their marriage is also an Aquarius moon. So, yeah, it's very funny. <laughs> so, Already har, har. Yeah. so Sarah and Kevin actually thrive in some sort of intimate interactions, but their idea of intimacy is different. So really, Sarah and Kevin might have really good days where they sometimes find a way to, to, to really connect with each other on a deeper level. But most days it doesn't happen because Kevin's idea of what's intimate and what Sarah's idea of what's intimate are at odds with each other. And they don't like to talk about it. And if they do talk about it, it's, you know, they don't come to a conclusion. And then Scorpio Risings is very like reactive again and that stinging, you know, like you said something I didn't like, I get you. And then like Kevin's like, you said something I didn't like, so I'll get you. So there might be like a little bit of like back and forth of like, um, you did this, so I'm going to do this. You did this, so I'm going to do this. But really, you guys are doing that to each other because you're trying to find the reaction in the other person that says, yeah, like, hello, I'm here, and I'm intimately available to you. Yeah, no, I think that this is, it's all so interesting. And I think that, too, though, knowing these things, I think is so helpful because it does, like, at least for, like, I know Kevin doesn't know these things because he doesn't do astrology and he doesn't listen to any of the things that we do here, <laughs> Sisters Enchanted. But for me, like, when I see it now in those moments, and I'm just like, this is what's happening. And, you know, I, I try to just say very clearly what's going on. And I think that that's helpful. And I think that, weirdly, this whole thing we have going on where we're, like, opposites, but we're the same. It's like, it's like the same Lego that's two different colors. And <laughs> we are the same like two brands that say that they're compatible brands, but then like some, for whatever reason, they always like pop off from each other. <laughs> yeah, no. And I think that like, Anna makes the point all the time that she can't imagine Kevin and I not being together. And I think that that is so accurate because we are such strange birds and so unique. And I think that's why we live this like different life that looks very different from most other people's. Um, but like we're, I think I, I am the first person that if somebody else is, starts to go in on Kevin, like, it's okay for me to say something about Kevin. It's not okay for somebody else to say something about Kevin. But I'm like that with you too. It's okay for me to say something about him. 
it was somebody else. I was once dressed as Tinkerbell at a bar on Halloween and at one in the morning stormed out of a Denny's dressed as Tinkerbell with my little wand because somebody else was saying something about Anna. That was something I had said before, but it's different when it's somebody else versus me. Stormed out in my little Tinkerbell outfit. <laughs> Is what, um, what I will say, just kind of like, and then we can kind of compare and like, or just chat afterwards. I'm going to point out like three, like more big things in your chart. Cause your guys' chart isn't full. Like everybody's, there's always something in everybody's place in their charts. But what's really interesting with Sarah and Kevin, like I was saying, is their seventh house is their house of contractual relationships. It does have that south node there, which takes away importance from that. That doesn't mean that their marriage is not important. It means that it's not, at the end of the day, Sarah's not like, the first thought in her head is, isn't, how is my husband, how is my marriage? Okay, Sarah is more likely to check in with herself first, and so is Kevin. You know, like, they, their first initial thought when they wake up is not, how am I going to make my marriage thrive today? It's how am I going to thrive today? So, but the weird thing about their relationship house is that they have the asteroid Vesta in Taurus, which means that they are invested in this relationship. There's a strange sort of comfort in this relationship. I would even go to say that this is like, that Sarah and Kevin are like um, the couple that stays together, like grows old together and like outgrows their rocking chairs together because like they will find times where they're comfort it, comforted in sitting together and like Sarah, Sarah says she doesn't like this, but I'm sure that she does kind of like it. So like when Kevin sits down at night and has like snacks and hands Sarah a drink, Sarah's like, ah, oh, because she like, she has that guilt reflex that most women have that they're about to like have a cocktail and a snack. But there's a part of Sarah that is comforted in the fact that Kevin does this. Okay? So they're, <laughs> they're invested in their weird sense of um, structure that the other one gives Now he's always so going to have snacks and cocktails. Yeah. But th th that's the thing, because it has this force anyway. energy. So, <laughs> so the places where you two are consistent, so that's like something that consistent, that's consistently Kevin. Kevin wants to, at the end of the night, put his feet up. He wants to have snacks with Sarah, and he wants to have a drink. Okay, that's, and that's fine. That's how Kevin feels. That's, that's a way that Kevin feels comforted and tries to share that with Sarah. And that's how he invests his time with Sarah. And I think Sarah kind of likes it, because she'll call me and, like, guiltfully eat her snacks. But, like feel bad about it but it's these it's these strange comforts that make sarah and kevin feel really connected or when they invest in each other so like if they invest in a trip or they invest they invest in something shared it makes them feel even more comfortable in each other so sarah and kevin are confident investing and we're talking about taurus here this is a very material sign as well so when sarah and kevin invest in their lives together there's a weird sort of comfort that they give each other by being able to do this, which is now why you see so much. Really going to want me to buy a beach house. <laughs> now that you've said well, this. Well, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't mean that you should go buy a beach house, but, that, but what I'm saying that is if, like, if tomorrow you said, hey, Kevin, I bought a beach house, Kevin would feel like you invested in your marriage. Okay? Does that make sense? That, that, that gift of being able to give him something makes him feel like you're investing in the relationship because you guys are so independent that when you guys put your names together on something, Kevin's like, she invested in me. Does that make sense? And vice versa, this goes both ways. Um, so also you guys have um, series in there. So again, you guys want to like continue to harvest things in your relationship together as long as like one person doesn't over helicopter the other person because we have that like Demeter essence there like helicopter parents for Stephanie sometimes 
So mm-hmm. like she's consistent always like with the growth of the marriage, but you have to watch out that you don't like impart your will on somebody else. But really it's this abundant place where like things are consistently growing, dying off and regrowing. And you also have Jupiter there in um, Taurus. So it's a very expansive, as long as you guys are investing in each other, in comforts, monetary comforts. <laughs> Our whole marriage is about money. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Kevin <laughs> just made such a smile. I did want to um, also real quick talk, talk about Sarah's house and kids, if that's okay. Okay. And then we can, you guys can discuss amongst each other. Um, I will say that Sarah's house um, is very much, okay, well, one, Aquarius is on the cusp. So what Kevin believes is home and what Sarah believes is home is at odds with each other. But there's Pisces in there, which is this, like, um, there's going to be, like, this strange, like, dreaminess about Sarah and Kevin's house where it's never quite consistent. Wherever they live, there's going to be this kind of, like, emotional pool of imagination and dreaminess and it's never gonna quite be not chaotic because you guys <laughs> have different ideas of what that looks like and then there's all this Pisces energy in there and um you even have Chiron in there so I mean it probably would help you guys a little bit to be a little bit more organized but it's gonna be really hard to do that and, you know, you guys are always going to have paintings on your walls and stickers on your floors. Like, like that's just how it's going to be. Because, like, your kids are living in there, like, living there, too. And the spontaneity makes you guys feel a little bit unstructured, but structured at the same time. It's, like, how you guys roll. So, anyways, in your fifth house where your kids are, I want to point out that there's uh, Uranus here, which is, like, upheavals and sudden shifts and stuff like that, um, as well as Pisces on the coast of this house. Um, and this this house has a strong Aries vibe to it. So your, 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 your kids and your playtime have this explosiveness about them of upheavals. And I will say that like your children did throw an upheaval of like intense energy into your marriage, like, and accepting that new role for both of you was a huge dramatic change for the two of you. And I think you guys both got very, in your own ways, defensive on what that looks like of how to, you know, procreate, raise children and still have a lot of fun. So you guys are also both very defensive over your children as well. That's probably where somewhere where you guys would come together too is in defense of your children. Like I would say that if like anybody ever was like, like if a cop ever knocked on your door and said they were like going to arrest one of your kids, you guys would probably both like, Damn, bro, we'd be like, excuse you, we have questions. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> Sarah would probably pull out some, like, jargon that's very informative, and Kevin would probably stand there being very strong, and the cops would probably leave feeling like they just had whiplash. Yeah, the, you guys can't see Kevin, obviously, and I don't even know if we have, like, a recent photo to muster up for this podcast, to be honest, <laughs> but um, Kevin's a big guy, like, Kevin's not, not the guy you want to get in a bar fight with. So yeah, Kevin like, <laughs> you just said that Kevin's gonna leave this podcast room with some swagger. Kevin is, Kevin is like you speak of Aries, like God of War. Kevin, Kevin can like you know when he stand himself up straight, and you're gonna be like, I don't want that guy to punch me. <laughs> and Kevin's also weirdly strong. We already we've known this, but um, I will say, Kevin is weirdly strong yeah. <laughs> for a guy who does not like weightlift or exercise. Kevin is very weirdly strong. <laughs> yeah. 
I think I saw the tiniest of a lip up curve for like a second. <laughs> um, I will say too that the midheaven for your guys' chart is also Leo. So you guys are probably when people meet you two and you guys are out socially, it's been a while, but like when you guys were out socially, you guys are probably um, a couple that people envied and that you probably come, you guys probably do look like you come together, like you own a room. Not only that, but independently, you guys both want to be the biggest person in the room. Um, which again, you can see how Sarah and Kevin are very like at odds. Well, that is an interesting thing that you mentioned there because Kevin and I are both really funny. Like You're we're hilarious. both, we are both really funny. And many, many people have told us that we need to like do a, a couple's comedy act. Um, yeah. I like jump in my that. water or laugh cry excessively or like leave with my abs hurting like every time I see Sarah and Kevin. Like even when Sarah and Kevin are not getting along, it's funny. It's just yeah. really bizarre. That's probably that Leo <laughs> midheaven. Like many people have told me that Kevin and I need to like do some kind of marriage stand up because we're hilarious. Not to do my own own, but we are hilarious. <laughs> You guys watch those like RV life couples? Like you guys could be an RV life couple. Like you guys need a YouTube. No, I, Kevin like, I, I, like Kevin is trying to make ribs now. on the grill. You know about how he's gonna make the best ribs. Like you can't yeah. see that. We have a Kevin dance over here. You guys don't know it, but it's a thing. I um, can I can barely even get Kevin out here to use his voice on audio, let alone be on video. Yeah. Well. See. <laughs> kind of true. Loves it. Like if, if you guys, okay, so like if you guys YouTubed together and you guys got like um like a th your a thousand first subscribers, Kevin would be like, yes, I got <laughs> subscribers. I'm the man. And that's not a bad way to be, but like he that's that's like Kevin at first would be like nervous for you to hit publish the first time, but the first time he got like social validation from it, and like the first time you guys earned money from it, Kevin would be like yeah that's right have you seen me he's gonna be like big daddy came in for the camper show <laughs> that and it would be like <laughs> he's laughing. laughing that is something that kevin would say man a few words would say that you feel like big dad i did it <laughs> <laughs> you're so weird oh no I think this all it's like nothing we don't know and I think it's been really interesting with like the Scorpio and everything nature that you were talking about earlier um even in just the 10 how long have we been 11 years the 11 years we've been together the eight years that we've been married we have had so many like I don't think I know people like experience a lot of changes but in 11 years we have had so many changes when we were right before we got married I was, um, I, was, I was working at a school and the teacher I was working with her, she got a text on like our lunch. We were in the teacher's room having lunch. She got a text from her fiance that he got laid off and he did construction. And then that afternoon, Kevin, I was still in, still in school hours. So within a couple hours, he texted me that he got laid off. Um, and he was a carpenter. It was like the weirdest thing ever. And, um, so like right before we got married, he got laid off. I've had like several different weird side jobs and, side hustles and then like our we've each had our own businesses and then like worked for other small businesses and then having kids and we've had family death and in the last 11 years like the amount of weird change that has happened for us like just random things that I think like in that period of time 
it's just, it's been constant change. The only thing that's been the same really is like the two of us and the house that we live in. And, other than that, and Anna. But other than that, like, there's just, it's been like, like, it's just every, like things, <laughs> Kevin shaking his head, there's been things that just change. And I think that's so very true. And having kids was definitely a huge thing that, um, yeah, that, and that uh, people that those kids bring because prior to kids, um, Kevin and I all, like I say this, that we always, like we never had an argument ever, but we lived so independently before kids that even as we were married, we did our own laundry separately. Like I always worked, he worked during the day. I'd work like sometimes during the day, sometimes evening, sometimes weekends. Cause I worked like a series of different things I was doing and we were together and we always had like, we always went out on the same night every week and like we lived together or married, but like we did two different things. Then suddenly we had kids and suddenly you can't just do what you want anymore. <laughs> and I think that that was for our independent nature. That was something that we really like had to wake up to because we were so used to just like doing our own thing, which really suited both of us. But now like when you have kids you, that you can't do that because you've got, you know, like two other people to look after now. Yeah, I would, I would say too, I was just doing like a circle back because you guys had so much, um, eighth house energy in your marriage together that it's also really interesting that Kevin's north node is in his eighth house with Jupiter and that you know expansiveness of of you know um other people's money like inheritance and stuff is something that Kevin it's like very prevalent for Kevin it's like very like right there um and not only that uh but that Sarah's North Node is in her 11th house, which very much is her being in charge of large communities. So again, you, again, you see that a little bit of that odds, you know, Kevin's very like deeply invested in like family and family that was here before and family that he's investing in now. And Sarah's very invested in the collective. So again, you see like very at odds about what your guys' ultimate goal is. Um, and I will say just as a final note that um, I was looking at, you know, that Aries energy in your, um, in your union together, because we would be looking at Kevin here. Um, and, uh, cause we said that Sarah was very much like in the first house. So Sarah's independence, I think Kevin's independence thrives also on Sarah's independence and that ability to like, if Sarah can be independent, he can be independent. Um, and that helps him like exert his independence. Um, but in your guys' marriage house, uh, we see Kevin on your sixth house plus which is the uh, house of like health and well-being and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I would say that um, that stressors of the union that if it gets like really hard and it can it can learn, lean to burnout that you would have to watch for um, for Kevin's showing signs of lethargy. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Kevin, you're lethargic often. He literally just said we're on a three-week course of antibiotics for Lyme disease due to lethargy. <laughs> well, I would worry. I would say that Kevin's that stressors would be hard on Kevin's like adrenal system. Like, <laughs> you guys probably both need like a good adrenal detox. The two of you. That's both of you. I'm looking at the two of you. Yeah, Kevin. Detox. Kevin's gonna tell me this later. He's gonna be like, I'm just so stressed out. I have to sit here. <laughs> My adrenal's burning out. I'm, I'm succumbing to lethargy. 
no, um, and then we'll, I'll wrap this up on this last note, but what you said about, um, what was it, our nodes or whatever, and then how Kevin is like invested in family and I'm invested in the collective. We keep talking about buying a rental property and Kevin wants to buy something that our family would love to use and vacation in. And I wanna buy something that the collective can use, that other Sisters Enchanted community members can go to. And so the idea and the locations we have in mind are not the same. I'm sure we'll to, we will come to an agreement because we always we always do eventually. But um, currently, we both have different ideas of what would be the rental property that we should buy the soonest. Yeah, somebody always ceases and desists. So it's like the only way that you guys come to an agreement that somebody is just like eventually just throws their hands up and yeah. and just because you guys aren't going to ever actually agree. Like you guys are never going to have a handshake and be like, yay, we agreed. It just eventually is somebody's like, oh, so sick of it that somebody just wins. Yeah. And then you hold that over until the next time there's a decision to be made. And then usually the other person wins. Yeah. Give and take. Yeah. What'd you think about hearing about our mar marriage chart? That's very interesting. I, uh... you, think, <laughs> you think it's accurate no, or I, you beg to disagree? No, I, for the most part, I think, I think it's pretty accurate. Weird, right? It is pretty weird. Never heard, never heard anything like that before. I'm never. Yeah. When we do have to wrap this up, because I actually have something happening in like a few minutes. But um, it's it is interesting because people say in our communities all the time they'll be like, my husband just doesn't get it. He doesn't participate. He doesn't support me in this or whatever. And I am the first one to raise my hand in a comment thread on Facebook and be like, listen. My husband, he does not know the difference between a tarot card and like, I don't know, an or like whatever. He just, he'd be like, what is this male? Is it garbage? Bah. He does. That's like how, that's how not involved in anything that he is. But that's our independence though. That's like, he doesn't care. Like Kevin never bet. When I was like, Firstly, when I started working for this small business and then I ended up being self-employed, I was seven months pregnant and was like, oh, I'm just going to do this by myself and I'm going to rent this office and I'm going to buy all this furniture for it. And we didn't have money in the bank. Like we did not have money to be paid. And he didn't bat an eye. He was like, uh, did you measure it properly for the furniture? And I was like, yes, Kevin. And then like, that was his only question. He literally did not bat an eye. And then when I was like, I am going to, I'm starting to sing Sisters Enchanted. He again was like, meh, whatever. It's a Thursday, tomorrow's Friday. <laughs> like he did not bat an eye. And then when I shut down my other business to run this one, he did not bat an eye. He never, so that is a good thing about having this independence is that, you know, we don't yeah, have yeah. that. Trust your judgment. Yeah, this is true. You do <laughs> trust my judgment. And I was just telling you the other day, I was like, this is one thing I have to say is great about Kevin is he's never not trusted. I mean, he's questioned my, but usually when he questions me, it's something he's like, did you measure the curtains three times before you ordered them? And then I'll be like, no. And then they're the wrong size. But big choices. He never questions my judgment. Right. Well, like I was saying, you guys find a great sense of ease when you're investing in the other person. So that's monetarily, even, you know, like even it probably makes you feel really good when Kevin trusts your business judgments. It, you, you know, Kevin feels really good when you trust his judgment call. It's when, like I said, series, and I have a different perspe uh, perspective on series, I think, than most people who study astrology, but it's when you get that, like, helicopter mm. 
too much. And that's when, so when you guys are regularly invested in just like a, a supportive way, it, it's really cohesive. But then if one person becomes more helicoptery over the other person asking more questions, or if your guys is like trust falters just a little bit in the other one, it can kind of snowball into not being supportive, which is not at the end of the day, when I think of you and Kevin, I do see you guys as supporting one another in your strange way. And that when there are questions, when you do when you do question and you're not trusting the stability of the other person, that's when more things get, that's when things get, can get worse. Yeah. So it's like, questions. I invest in your, I'm investing in you. I'm investing in you. Trust no questions. That's when you guys are like the strongest trust no questions. Yeah. No, it's good. Well, thank you, Anna, for doing this. And Kevin for participating. Thank you for having me. <laughs> You're so weird. Okay. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Well, I'm not leaving you, Kevin. We live together. Okay. Bye, Anna. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Magic on the Inside podcast. This was a different one for us, for sure. And my husband, the man of very few words, I was happy to have him join us today, too. And I hope that anybody who's listening to this you know, maybe you're inspired to look at your own marriage chart, look at communication from a different way. Because while my husband and I are have so many things, it seems that make us like, we're just never going to get along. We do. And I can't imagine being married to anybody else. So definitely check out your astrology, your marriage birth chart. And if you have any questions, feel free to join us on our free birth chart basics class. We'd love to have you there. And we'll see you around the internet until next time. Have an enchanted rest of your day.